You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Grace. Hi, this is Annie Grace and welcome to This Naked Mind podcast. I'm here with Coach Kelly. Hi, Kelly. How are you? Hi, Annie. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, good to see you. So um, why don't you take us back sort of to the beginning in your relationship with alcohol? Where did it all start for you? Yes. So I had to think over this uh, really deeply because it's so funny. I didn't start drinking until I was 18 years old. So I didn't even have my first drop of alcohol until I went away to college my very first year. I was like the typical cliche girl, like, oh, I'm going away to school. Like, let me do all the things. So my first year of college, I had, um, that was the first time I smoked marijuana, the first time I drank alcohol, the first time for everything. And um, that was... I always had anxiety throughout my life, but thankfully I never had the tool of alcohol at the time. And then when I got to college and I experienced that, of course, the first time I was just like, where was this my whole life? Like, what is this? I didn't get too extreme. I did like the typical college party in the entire year, but I was never really a good student in school. So I actually ended up coming home after my first year of college. I had to come back home to New York and go to a community college my second year because just things just got too out of control. I didn't even know how to balance partying with education. And funny enough, I came back home and that year I kind of went back to who I originally was. So I wasn't drinking at all. I was so determined to like go back out to school that I was just highly focused on my studies. And I tapped into like a superpower I didn't even know I had. And I'm bringing this up because that I didn't realize that I wasn't drinking that year. And that also helped me. So 10 years later, I can look back on that year like, oh, that was a whole thing. That was the first um, start of all of this. But yeah, essentially the first year of college, I started drinking. The second year, I didn't drink. And then um, successfully made it out of my second year of college into my last two years of college at University of Buffalo. Go UB. (laughs) And um, I had a good balance of like, partying and doing my education at the same time. So it didn't get too out of control until a couple of years down the line. Graduated um, college on time, three schools later, and I then became a flight attendant. So here enters the flight attendant era. So um, I essentially graduated May 2013 and I got hired as a flight attendant in September 2013. So kind of like right out the gate. And I went into flight attendant at the age of 23, I want to say that was, or 22. And that lasted for my entire 20s up until I turned 30. And that we'll get to that stage. But throughout flying, that's what my life was. Like I was just living the dream life, you should say. I had high anxiety still with no tools. (laughs) I was still very much so into self-help, Eckhart Tolle, the power of now, Um, my personality was still kind of what it is right now, but I had no real like tools of how to really do anything and no idea that alcohol was like damaging my body and my brain and not helping my anxiety at all. But, um, I would essentially just work flights. Um, and on the weekends I had my travel credit. So me and the other flight attendants would just go travel the world, drink on our trips, (laughs) come back home and just do it again. And again, my drinking didn't escalate at that time. It was more so just normal, maybe drinking once or twice out of the week. And on the weekends, I would like binge drink, kind of like a college girl still, or when I would go on vacation. 
and then I would feel like shitty on the weekend. So my vacation would typically be, I would be probably in Rome. Like I've been to Rome, Iceland, Paris, South Africa at like 24, 25 in these beautiful places, but I couldn't even leave my hotel room until like four o'clock, five o'clock because I was just trying to get over the hangover from the night before. And that was normal to me. Like, all right, you're going on this three-day trip. You're going to just drink and party the first night. You're going to miss the whole first day. And the night of the next day of the trip, you'll see the city or whatever. So that was normal for me. I had no idea. And then that went on essentially up until the pandemic. And the pandemic is when everything kind of escalated for me. So the pandemic- Grounded, I assume. Yes, yes. So the pandemic hit, I was living in New York as a flight attendant. And then um, the pandemic hit and I had plans to move to Charlotte, North Carolina. So March, 2020, I finally got out and I moved to Charlotte the, literally two weeks before the world shut down. And um, essentially I was alone moving to Charlotte. I had family like in another state close by, but I was moving to Charlotte alone. And um, I'm saying that because community is very important. And I didn't realize how important that was until later on in the journey. But um, in Charlotte, once the pandemic hit, right after I moved, I took a voluntary furlough from being a flight attendant. And lo and behold, I will be off that entire year. But I don't know if you all remember, we were also receiving unemployment at that time as well. <laughs> so I was able to be in Charlotte in a new city alone with no job. Um, I was still receiving income and I still had my travel benefits because I was I took a voluntary furlough. So that was just access to do whatever I wanted to do. So here I go. I think we all know where this is going. Here I go, you know, into this chapter. Still never even looked at my drinking, never even realized it was something I was kind of using as a crutch, even on the weekends to deal with my anxiety. And um, went into that year, that was March. I want to say by May or June 2020, my day would be waking up on a Monday, taking a shot, like literally a shot of alcohol at like 12 o'clock. Um, going out, riding my bike, riding my bike drunk, just didn't care, putting my podcast in my ears and just riding around the city, going to have another drink at like five o'clock, meeting up with some friends or doing some yoga, basically mildly drunk by like seven o'clock. And I would do that like four days a week or more. Like that was nothing. And I had no idea that I was building this like this habit of alcohol that was going to completely kind of destroy me. So by the time... That was May 2020. By the time January or February 2021 came along, that was it. It all kind of hit a wall for me. So that was about six to seven months of excessive ramped up drinking. And then February 2021, I ended up, I was drinking like, ooh, at least like five shots a day at that point. Because I realized I would try and stop. And then my anxiety would be so high if I went like a day without like a glass of wine or like two shots just to calm myself down. I knew at that point, like something is going on. Like I can't go a day without liquor. Like what did I do to myself? And by February, 2021, I ended up taking a trip to Texas, me and my cousin at the time. And if anyone remembers, Texas had that huge snowstorm in 2021. And of course I was so just drunk and just wild my cousin was going through her stuff too. We had we didn't even look at the weather. We just took a free trip to Texas <laughs> and ended up in the middle of a snowstorm in Texas. So basically during that snowstorm, 
we ended up parting ways. She had to go somewhere. She left me like a day early. I was going to leave Texas the next day and go back to New York to go to my mother's house to start telling her like, I need help. Like my drinking has ramped up. I, I don't know what to do next. I can't go a day without drinking. I need some type of help. So that was my plan. Just get through Texas tomorrow, go to New York. I woke up the next morning in Texas and then I, there was no electricity in the hotel room I'm by myself because my cousin had left. Um, my phone was like on 1%. My everything was just dying around me. And it was essentially just me by myself, hungover in a cold hotel room in Texas. Like, what did I do? And I'm pointing this story out because it's so, I feel like I brought myself to that moment. It was just so chaotic and I was not handling myself in any productive way at all that it got to this point where I was stranded alone in a city, in a cold hotel room, hungover. And I had to deal with that and find my way back out for the next two days because that was the result of my chaos, I feel like. So that was my lowest point. I feel like I was just in that room completely depressed. Just, I felt, I can't even explain the lowness I felt in that room. And I was just like, this is, okay. Once you get out of this, you're gonna start to make some changes. So I did end up getting out of Texas. That was February, 2021. This went on until I went back to New York, told my mom I needed help. We started looking up some things. I didn't know if I needed to go to rehab or what I needed to do, but essentially I decided to take control into my own hands because that's another thing. I'm an only child, very independent, very strong will. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out. No. <laughs> so I went and booked a yoga retreat, <laughs> a two week yoga retreat in Florida to become a certified yoga teacher. And it was at an ashram. So you couldn't bring like alcohol, meat or coffee onto the ashram. So I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do that. Oh, I've got to skip over. February 2021 was Texas. March 2021, I had to go back to flying. So that whole year I was off and drinking. I went back to flying a year later. March 2021, when I went back to flying, I was like, I can't even, I can't even work. Like I was just on a plane, just high, highly anxious. I couldn't drink on a plane, of course. So I was just like, I can't, I need to take an FMLA or something. So I was able to like, not fly for the next couple months after that. So back to April, 2021, got to the yoga retreat. I found that. And then that was the first time, the first day I got there, I felt a sense of relief. Like oh, I'm at this retreat. Like I finally am at something, like I'm taking some type of steps. And definitely that entire first week, I didn't drink alcohol. Like I started, I was just being productive. I was bonding with other people. I was learning yoga. I was also looking for new jobs because I was, I knew I couldn't be a flight attendant anymore. Like I knew I needed to be somewhere grounded, like working remotely, just not up and down in the air. I couldn't do that anymore. So that time at the retreat gave me like time to just be with myself, figure this out and take it a day at a time. That was the first week. Sunday in the middle of the retreat, they said, okay, we're going to have a beach day. We're all going to go <laughs> off the retreat and go to the beach as a group. And you guys can do whatever you want. Just come back to the ashram. The girls with me going to the beach said, oh, let's go get a glass of wine. And I was just like, well, I did good the whole week. I didn't have anything. Like I can have a glass of wine. Like I did good celebration time. I had a glass of wine and I drank every single day after retreat after that one glass of wine. And I had no idea that, you know, alcohol kind of creates its own desire for itself, anything like that. But every day at the retreat, I had a glass of something. That was it. So 
did the yoga retreat, became a yoga teacher. I did pass. Came back home from the retreat to New York to my mother's house again, crying my eyes out. Like, I don't know what is going on. I need help. Like, what is, what is this? What is happening to me? Like, I can't, what is going on? So <laughs> in this moment, this is when spirituality kind of came into play for me. Because I've always been kind of a spiritual person, but I didn't really know how to tie that in or where that fit into this. I don't know. I was relying on the logic side of my brain more so than the spiritual, natural side of me. But the moment I came back to New York after that retreat, I laid on my mother's couch and I was just like, I need help. Like, I need something. So I started looking up um, more retreats, <laughs> like rehabs, retreats, something. And I found a 15-day juice detox retreat in Florida again. It was like a week later. And I was like, I'm going to try this again. Like, no, because I am strong-willed. So I was like, I'm going I'm going to do this. So I found the retreat, but it was two weeks from the moment I was back at my mother's house. So I remember laying on the couch and telling my mother, like, I cannot even go two weeks. Mom, like, like we need to find me a rehab for these two weeks or something. I, I can't even make it through a day. Like, my anxiety is through the roof. I don't know what alcohol did to me, but we need, I need help. As soon as I said that, I got an email saying um, from the juice retreat saying, hi, Kelly, we have a spot open for this Monday um, of the next like couple of days if you want to come early. And I was like, what was that? <laughs> like, that wasn't me. So what, how did that just happen? I just said I need help. And then this thing just like opened up. So that was my first sign of like something is assisting me along with this process. So let me just keep trusting and moving through the process. So long story short, I ended up going to the retreat and lo and behold, that was the first day of my first 30 days of being sober. <laughs> so I just took it one day at a time. I knew that I think because my mom, she paid that money for that retreat. I was just like, Kelly, you fell last time. This, this is completely on you. Like you could do this or you could keep going through this. So I just took it one day at a time. I laid on it. I went to um, the beach again at the retreat and I was highly triggered. I just ate some fries. It's supposed to be juicing. I didn't give a shit about the juicing. I just ate some fries. I just did whatever I could to not drink. And I took it one day at a time and I was sober for 30 days. So once I came back home, of course, I was elated. I was happy. I did it. Like I'm sober for 30 days. Oh my gosh. So this is May 2021 still. Um, May 2021, I came back home to Charlotte newly sober, taking my time around, I want to say the end of June, 2021, I went to a bar, one of my friends in Charlotte and it was a regular, just a bar, nightclub. And I was just like, maybe I can moderate, like I can have a, a beer. Like I'll do something 3%, something very low that no clue. <laughs> so I did a beer and here we go again. That was the start of the next year. So I did a beer and um, and that ended up having like, I think two other shots that same night. But what happened was I would get intensely hungover. Like after that first time I did that, I was intensely hungover. And I was like, oh God, I don't think I can even do this anymore. Like I did, you know, thank thankfully. So July, 2021 comes along and I am um, moderately drinking at this point. So I, you know, I wasn't drinking like I was before because I did my 30 days. And at this point, I'm moderately drinking like once a week, nothing like it was before. So it did decrease. 
but I was still drinking and I was just like, and when I would drink, it would be horrible hangover. It's like, it was like pushing me out of this habit. And then I think I was laying on my couch. I don't know. must've been laying on my couch drunk or it's, I don't know, but I was watching Red Table Talk and I see this episode with Jada Pinkett Smith talking about alcohol and this woman with this book. And then I seen Katie from Sober Black Girls Club. And I just seen both of you like share your stories in Red Table Talk. And I was like, oh, what is this? And okay. then I got your, um, I think right after that episode, I think I got your book. And as soon as I got that book, so this is now July, 2021, I listened to the audiobook and I got it. And I didn't recognize I was going through that process, like the 30 day live alcohol experiment, and then kind of doing my own path, like moderately and being conscious of what the hangovers and how bad it was making my body feel. I was doing your process the whole time without really like noticing what was going on. So once I got your book, it made sense. It clicked. But of course, um, you know, I didn't stop right away. It's just once I read your book, if anything, it made things worse. Like once I read your book, the next time I would try and drink, oh my God, it was like, I was like, on the hangovers were horrid. Like my body knew it was too conscious of what I was doing. Yeah, I read your book. That was July, 2021. And then for the next year up until July, 2022, well, let's say May, 2022, I had my last glass of wine in May, 2022. Because um, that whole year I was just like, it was falling away. It was like one drink a month one drink a week, but it was, it was falling away. May, 2022, this is important. I just want to point this out. I had my last glass of wine. I think I was already over wine at that point, but I was dealing with this guy and the, the way we were seeing each other just wasn't coherent with how I wanted to be in a relationship. And I remember I drank wine to kind of be comfortable with him that night. And then the next day, like I felt like the wine, like even at one glass of wine, I was just like, why did I have that? And something clicked for me and I was like, oh, I drank that wine because I don't want to be in this situation. <laughs> like, you know, like I'm I'm done with this. I'm just doing this now because I'm just my, my last piece of crutch. But Kelly, maybe you don't want to be in that type of situation anymore. Maybe this is your key to start moving on. So that was the last time I had wine. And then from May 2022 until July 1st, 2022, I was drinking these 0.5% based kombuchas. You can find them at Whole Foods. <laughs> That's the only place you can find them. It was like my last little something. Like, all right, I have my little 0.5% kombuchas. This is this is the last thing I need. And then July 1st, 2022, I remember like it was yesterday. I was walking down the street with my kombucha. And I was just like, I'm going to be a coach. I can't drink these anymore. I didn't, I didn't even know. I just knew you had a coaching program, but I didn't know how to get in it. I didn't know anything about it. I just knew I'm going to be a coach. And if I, if I be a coach, I can't drink these anymore. That was it. <laughs> I love that. Wow, what a great story. So yes. what would you say, Kelly, was like the, um, like psychologically, sort of what what changed? You know what I mean? Like what were the big factors that changed for you psychologically between the times that you were taking it one day at a time and when you really started to like get momentum, get traction? Um, okay, so the first thing was the 30 days of being sober. Once I did that, I think I showed myself that you can actually do this. Like you just went 30 days sober. So you 
that was possible. So there, sobriety forever might just be a possibility. I think before that, it wasn't even a possibility. It was just like, there's no way anybody on earth is completely sober. <laughs> like I knew about people, but I was just like, there's no way I could just have a, a marriage without wine in the future. No. So once I did 30 days sober, that gave me some traction. And then um, once I started moderating, uh, and I, I think once I read your book and I got that information, that's when it became very evident. And then once I started seeing people who were actually sober and were actually doing this, that's when it became really believable. So for me, it was seeing other people who were doing this and then getting the information. Like once I got it drilled into my head that there was no benefit to alcohol, the only benefit was a 20 minute high. And that's not a benefit because the next day it's a double dose of depression. So there's no benefit to this thing. Other people are sober for years. That was it. I think that was just like the information that I needed. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah, I think it's so true how if we if we stop without information, I was I actually had a conversation recently and I won't mention the company's name because I just won't, but they wanted to, they're like a, a big company in the moderation space and they wanted to kind of do a, do a deal with us and, and kind of um, a co-branded deal or something. And I'm, I'm always open. I'm always interested in, you know, how can we collaborate because we're all on the same team here. And, but they were talking me through their process, which is basically just like planning and tracking. And I totally get that, like adding consciousness to your drinking is helpful but also I couldn't help just thinking that without new information, without new things that are actually going to change how you feel about drinking, you're kind of like you're just on an alcohol diet forever. So it's kind of like you still really want the French fries and the ice cream, but you're just not letting yourself have them. And then it ultimately, I'm like, I just have to question how long that can really sustain or how long that can really last. 100%, 100%. Like, I'm, I, it's a game changer. Like the, the second mind process, it really is. Because I never approached it. Well, who, we none of us were approaching it like that. Like literally once you learn about something and you actually see it for yourself, that there's no benefit, you, you can't, there's no reason to do it anymore. The only reason you will be doing it is because you're making like an active choice to do it, but it's going to hurt. Like it, it's not going to, you know, it's going to go against kind of what your soul kind of wants you to do or which consciousness knows better to do. So, yeah. So I will say too, um, so July 1st, uh, last year, that was my last day of drinking, but the, the path that unfolded, I swear from the, the moment I was laying on the couch and isn't it funny it was July 2021 I found your book and then July 2022 is when I stopped drinking and then that path from July last year up until now I kid you not everything kind of comes together to like support whatever you know you're doing to benefit other people because once I got sober and like I said I, I knew I wanted to be a coach September 2022 I got fired from the job. So I did leave flight attendant um, in August, 2021. And then I started a new remote work from home job, which helped me also as well, kind of like get balanced and still that year. But I got fired from that job September of last year. 
And um, of course, I was just, it was this random fire. It didn't even make any sense. But I didn't even realize like a clearing was happening. Like I got fired in September 2022. And then I think your coaching application, I think, opened up in like October 2022. And then November 2022, I had started the coaching program. I started a completely new job and I started a completely new relationship. All which are like now manifesting September 2023 into these great things. Still in a great relationship. Um, now a, a full-blown coach and um, at a job that I literally love. All like manifested. So it was like once I got sober and made a decision, everything opened up for me. So if that's any, uh, you know, mission for anybody on this journey or any fuel for anybody on this journey, then please let it be fuel because everything kind of comes together to support you, I feel like. I love that so much. It's like once you just, and there's a quote and I'm not remembering the source or the author or even the exact words, but it was like, basically the idea is like, once you have a pure intention and a direction, like everything in the universe conspires to help you achieve it, right? It just all comes. That's exactly what happened. And, and the funny part is once I had got fired from that job, I came, so I was, <laughs> I was at like a Kundalini retreat in, in Miami for the weekend. I was working remotely. So I was able to work from the hotel. And then once I got home from that, so I went to Miami thinking I was going for a Kundalini retreat. Literally, I know I was getting fired at the same time, but I came home from that retreat. And I remember being in meditation at that retreat like, what are my next steps here? I don't even want my kundalini to rise. Just what are the next steps? <laughs> and the first thing that popped in my head was Sober Black Girls Club. Because remember, she was on a meeting with you as well. And I I didn't join the group. Like, I didn't know how important community was or anything. Um, but a year later, September of 2022, once I left that retreat, that thought popped into my head during meditation. So I came back to Charlotte right after that retreat. And... Um, I joined the Sober Black Girls meeting for the first time. So that was my sense of community for the next year up until now. And um, of course, I was already in this neck of mind and looking into things of that nature. But I started my LLC. So I had no idea of how to be a coach. <laughs> I just knew I had my own experience. I knew you had a coaching program. And I remember um, Scott at the time listening to his journey. And he was saying before he got with this neck of mine. I think he had his own coaching program and it, whatever, it was like kind of all over the place. And I was like, oh, well, if Scott did it, then I can do it. So I went and created like my own LLC and whatnot. And um, to this day, that's the same LLC that I'm using right now for my business. So I was just doing these things and just taking the next best step with no idea of what was going to happen with it. But it all was kind of like connecting to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. So it's been, it's been a phenomenal journey. It's been painful, but it's been like completely full of light on the other side. Mm, I love that so much. And I think, so I heard it, you know, said once, and I love this idea, this like visualization of like, if you are a ship in the harbor waiting for the map or waiting for the direction, you, you could wait there forever. But if you just go and push off, you know, without even knowing where you're going, but you just take action of, you know, you want to leave the harbor, you know, you want, you know, whatever that thing is, then you, your sail is now like in the wind and yeah. you can be blown and like, you can join in with the forces that are going to just guide and direct you in a way that 
you're preventing if you stay in the harbor. And so that was actually the first time I met Scott. That was um, what I was so amazed by was that he had read this naked mind and he was just coaching people. And I was like, oh my gosh, like here's a person who's actually doing something. Like it was just like so incredible to me that somebody was doing something. Whereas so many, so many people and so many times it's like, oh, like I really, you know, like there's, and not that we all have our own level of readiness that, that we sort of need. But I just remember that being, you know, that the action, I think, draws the line in the sand, right? It's just really, really powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny. I I still believe, uh, it's maybe a little esoteric, but I believe that we have, like your personality is your personality because the main thing I forgot to leave out in this whole talk is that I was enrolled during the pandemic up until 2021, I was enrolled in a master's program to become a therapist, a licensed marriage and family therapist for a year. And um, because I've always been into self-help, this stuff always came naturally to me. So I was able to, I was drinking the entire time I was in a master's program and I would sit there and take two shots and do a paper and get straight A's on my master's levels papers and as a therapist. Um, but essentially I got a year in and right around that time I got stuck in the hotel in Texas and whatnot. That's when I started getting an idea of like, you, you need to get yourself together. <laughs> This is not, you're acing through this, but this is, no, this is going to catch up to you. You're not doing this correctly. And then a piece of me also knew I I didn't want to be, a, I wanted to do it more in a radical, authentic way. Like I wasn't going to be able to show up as my full self as a therapist. No idea that I was going to be a coach, but I think the word coach kind of passed my brain. So like I said, I feel like the, the path is kind of there. You just kind of have to you know, look at your authentic traits that you have and kind of start to share your experience, uh, you know, be honest about your experience. And then all of those things kind of connect and get you into this new, this new journey. Cause I had no, no idea that I was going to be a sobriety coach in like, it's my passion. Like I would do this forever. I thought I was going to be a therapist or like a social worker or something of that nature. So Never know. So, totally going to butcher this, but what you're saying reminds me of a teaching I heard by Rob Bell. And he basically said like, um, he calls it the thread in the setup. And he's mm -hmm. like, you have a thread inside of you. That's the thing that's true about you. So like, there's something inside of Kelly that is true about like always being on a growth journey, always looking to help other people, always knowing that there's something inside of her that is is going to be able to like give the gifts of however she's healing to pay it forward and to heal others, right? So there's like this thread that's been ever present. But then there's these setups, which are how you're using that at the time. And the setup, like if we if we confuse the two, if we think, oh, therapy is the only way, or I'm I can only do it this way, then we we can even lose the thread, right? Or we can even be, become more distant from the thread. But if you can look at every setup and be like, you know, this setup might be serving me for now, but I have to be open to following the thread more than any individual setup, then like we are, we allow ourselves to like grow more. Anyway, it it's a good framework that he has that I, again, I'm sure I butchered it, but it just really reminds me of what you're saying so much. Yeah, no, that was that was great. That and I definitely have a thread. <laughs> I definitely have like the self-help thread, I want to say. And um my my thing is just being present. Uh Eckhart's between Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie, 
and Iyala Van Dan. Those are like my three like spiritual teachers. And you can you add you to the bunch now too. But <laughs> I feel like um Eckhart Tolle, once once I read the power and now on like how to be present, even when I was drinking, the present moment is the thing that always kind of like was the the ground, like okay, no matter what the hell is going on in my mind or in my body right now, everything is fine. There's just women sitting on couch or sitting in chair, looking at phone. Like there's nothing else going on. That's it. And how that kind of grew is being able to recognize how everything kind of comes together to help your path. So just being present, I was able to kind of, I'm able to be still enough to notice something like this. Like, oh, I have time to to do this interview the next day at this this slot like you have time to see the kind of co-creation that's always going on to kind of assist you so wow. it, it, it you said together. so I'm super familiar with Eckhart Tolle and Byron Katie but you said someone else's name who was yes. that Yala Van Zant. you ever mm-hmm. heard of fix my Yala fix my life Mm-mm. oh my gosh she's on Oprah like she's on Oprah's um own network for 10 years and oh she's American uh, spiritual self-help. She's amazing. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm like, yes, speak my language. So good. Yes, 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 yes. Well, Kelly, let me ask you the, the two questions we'll wrap up with, which is first of all, where can people find you if they're interested in your coaching practice? Yes. So my website is www.soberconvos.com. So that's S-O-B-E-R-C-O-N vos.com and I am a This Naked Mind Institute coach so you can find me on the pages um, directory I want to call it under Kelly Johnson oh and my Instagram my Instagram is sober underscore combos awesome so great and then if you were going to go kind of back in time to you know the the times that Kelly was getting some traction, maybe for the first week of the first yoga retreat or getting some more traction for the 30 days and um, just really trying so hard and feeling also just like so overwhelmed by the the fact that like it did feel so hard and you were going to tell her about like what it's like now and how it feels now. What would you say? Oh my gosh. <laughs> just thinking about that because it was it was hard like I'm sure you know and everybody listening when you're in it and you don't know that there's an other side it literally feels like it feels like death it's horrible but to see that it was all coming together I would tell was that the question what would you tell her (laughs) I would tell her trust the process as cliche as that sounds, you have to trust the process because it does every single painful moment makes it easier for me on this side. I can hear any story at this point and just and resonate with it because I know what that deep pain kind of feels like. Even if the situation is different, you know, the, the undergarments of it all, it's just like this deep level of pain and fear. So Trust the process. Like it, it's going to connect no matter what you think is going on right now. This is all going to connect for you. <laughs> I love that so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's just been such a pleasure to get to know you better and to hear your story. Yes. Thank you. I'm looking forward to this next year. And yeah, thank you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how this naked mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious. Thank you.